Here we go. In all likelihood, I don't want to say it's the game, but it's pretty darn close. But Derek Coleman, a fullback, flanked out to the left. Ryan rolling to the right. Ryan in trouble. Ryan flips one into the engine with a prayer incomplete. Jalen Mills covering. Unbelievable. Biggest play of the game. Julio Jones falls down. He falls down and they flank the fullback wide to the left. Wow. Listen, I didn't want to start the podcast off like this. I, I didn't I didn't want to do it, but the Falcons did this to me. I don't care, Sham. I don't care about the Falcons. I don't care. I was like, you do. I don't care I've been a fan since I was nine years old. I don't care. I don't care that Dion made us relevant and then left and then fought Andre Ryzen. I don't care. I don't care that we went a decade of sucking and then Vic came and we got him in the draft. And then things started looking like it was going to be amazing. I don't care. I don't care that Vic then decided to dogfight and ruin the franchise. I don't care. I don't care that Jim Moore was a I don't care that they then pranced out Joey Harrington and Byron Leftwich and they're your starting quarterbacks. I don't care, Sham. I don't care. I don't care the Saints won a championship in 2009. I don't care. I don't care that Mike Smith looked like Santa Claus. I don't care. I don't care, Sham. I don't care that we made it to the NFC Championship game in 2013 and we lost in the last play of the game. I don't care that we falconed it. I don't care, Sham. I don't care that last year we had an amazing season. I don't care that we ran over everybody. I don't care that we beat the Seahawks defense. And then we beat Rodgers, the best to ever do it. I don't care that we made Brady and Belichick look silly in the first half of the Super Bowl. I don't care, Sham. I don't care that it was 28-3. I don't care about 28-3, Sham. I don't care. I don't care that Matt Ryan was the MVP last year and running through all those teams and then winning a championship in the same year would have been magical and would have silenced everybody and no one could have said anything about the Falcons. F-A-I-L-C-O-N-S. I don't care, Sham. Matty Ice Cold. <sighs> I don't care, Sham. Sounds like you care. I don't care that the end of the game, all we had to do was not lose 20 yards and win a championship. I don't care, Sham. I don't care. I don't care that Kyle Shanahan froze up at the end of the game and went and hid in a cubby hole instead of winning the championship. I don't care. I don't care that yesterday, in a season where the offense has struggled every game, basically, outside of one or two games, I don't care that if Keanu Neal makes the interception instead of trying to make a fancy catch, that we march down the field at the end of the game and we easily kick a field goal and that terrible red zone play calling never happens. I don't care, Sam. I don't care that we have four downs and we don't run it at all. I don't care. I don't care that we had a shovel pass on second down. A shovel pass inside the tent. I don't care. I just don't care, Sam. I do not care. 
People trolled me on social media yesterday. I don't care, people that troll me on social media. I don't care. All right, let me start it over. If you want to troll Keith, it's at envious023. At envious023. This is a broken marriage where we both cheat on each other and hate each other. It's, I don't care, Sham. I don't care. Slide in his DMs. He doesn't care. Slytherin. Scootin. Scootin' it. Just squirmin'. Just slide in his DMs. His DMs are open. Just like Kevin Durant. Slytherin. There's always next year. I don't care about next year. I don't care. Lions and Falcons can host a Super Bowl party together. You guys have never had 28-3. You don't understand as Lions fans. You don't get it. You do not understand. 28-3 put us on another level. You don't understand. But I don't care, Sam. I don't care. It's almost as bad as the butt fumble. Mark Sanchez went to USC, but thanks for that, Sam. Do you have anything else to add? Go Eagles. Oh God. And the Eagles Podcast. It is the Two Gods and the Goose Podcast. Uh, inaugural. Is, it inaugur- is that a fine? Inaugural? Inaug- inaugural? That's a fine. Inaugural. 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 That's a fine on you. No, it's it's definitely inaugural. How do you? Never mind. I'm not gonna ask you to spell that. It is uh, Keith Elliott. G A U. My brother Sham uh, Hile over there. There's pretty much what this show is gonna be about right there. Uh, it is the yeah. So it's the inaugural edition of Two Gods and a Goose. Inaugural. What is that? Two dollars? How much? What is the fine? Where's our fine system gonna be? Push-ups. I'm not doing push-ups. I mean, you're already pounding pre-workout. Uh, so this show is going to be controlled chaos. Is that that's a good way to say it? Uh, it's going to be a bleep show. Uh, and if it is a bleep show, as we hope it will be, we'll be very happy with that outcome. If our president can say it, we can. It's going to be a shit. Oh, no, he said shit. Not, no, he said shithole, not shit show. Yeah, it's a fine. Yeah, it's a fine. We're starting out strong today. Lots of fines, and this is fantastic. So we're, gonna, we're going to obviously focus uh, and kind of talk, you know, sports, pop culture, Pretty much anything that we decide we want to talk about. Detroit basketball. Detroit basketball. Shout out to Pistons Twitter. And I like how we started the show with a Falcons rant. We're recording this, letting everyone behind the curtain again. We're recording this on the Sunday after the Falcons did what they did yesterday. I didn't want to start the show out like that. Sham sent me a message yesterday saying, hey, you need to start with the Falcons rant. I was anti it. Then I had a few drinks last night and I was like, you know what? It needs to be said. So, uh... You know, I was thinking yesterday, you know, how we're going to start the podcast. And, you know, there's a lot going on right now. You know, NFL playoffs, uh, you know, the NBA's rolling. We're a month away from the trade deadline. Uh, you know, we just had a, a, a fun college football, fin- you know, uh, national championship game. And, I, and, you know, I was thinking to myself, where do we start? And 
I really only landed on this. Breaking news. If you just saw something strange in the sky, no need to worry. Eyewitness News reporter Josh Haskell is live at a newsroom with more details on this that it's getting a lot of attention out there right now. Josh? A lot of attention is an understatement. Our newsroom is getting flooded right now, and I want to update everybody on what is going on. So many people have been calling, asking about that smoke and bright light in the sky. The launch ha happened at Vandenberg Air Force Base about a half hour ago. This mission sends 10 satellites into orbit using another Falcon 9 rocket for the flight. Again, if you're seeing smoke or bright light in the sky, it's SpaceX's launch. Clearly, at this point, to say that that wasn't aliens is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's common knowledge at this point that aliens are real. Just stop being ignorant. I mean, that's just an ignorant way of thinking. Do you have anything uh, to say about aliens? I mean, are you... What is now your... it's time for the Sham God to give you that real hot take. Oh, okay. So we're, this is, we're getting into the hot takes immediately here. Okay. So here's the deal. Yes. Here's the deal. Aliens are real. They've come to Earth before. And they quite possibly are still coming to this day. How were the pyramids built? Answer that. <laughs> millions and millions of unskilled workers using sand and clay, whatever they're using, and this took thousands of years. But how do they get the dimensions 100% correct? What are hieroglyphics? There have been stories about stories. in those hieroglyphics them depicting well not stories news reports of them depicting aliens or weird creatures they've definitely helped out with the pyramids they've definitely helped out with other things in in history like the eiffel tower how do they build it like that it's not just human human minds human minds it's not it's not just human human thinking it's not human power it had to be some sort of extraterrestrial power that came in and built the pyramids, built the Eiffel Tower, and there's no co there's no coincidence here that many people in Middle America, I'm talking about Oklahoma, North Dakota, all those different places there, they've seen spaceships flying by. They've seen objects flying by. So I think it's just common knowledge that aliens are real. Their phone's blowing up right now. Behind this, yeah, but behind the curtain, this is what we're going to do on this show. Uh, as we kind of learn and, and, you know, uh, grow together with doing this show, uh, we are on FaceTime with each other. Uh, for those that don't know, I'm in Miami, Sham's in Minnesota. My dad was just trying to FaceTime me and, and he's, I'm not going to put his age out there, but he's from the generation that when they FaceTime you and you decline it, they FaceTime you again, and then when you decline it, they, they continuously FaceTime you 19 times. It's a generation gap. I mean, my parents, when they call, they always leave a message. And I think it's implied now, if I get a call, I'm going to call yeah, you back. Yeah, listen, I, my dad is the message king. Speaking of calls, how about the no call at the end of the Pistons game? A nice transition. You, you, you're not a radio guy. That, that was nice. Nice, nice work. Uh, here's the thing, man. And, and I had this discussion with somebody this morning, uh, and I've really realized, man, and I'm as guilty as anybody with this, uh, that it's a lot harder than it looks the majority of the time. And why I say that is, is because 
you'd think two on one Reggie Bullock, Tobias, how do you screw this up to tie the game? And you're like, that's like an option in football. Like, you know, pull it out if the defensive end crashes and keep it if he doesn't. I mean, there was obvious contact, but you don't want to whistle there. I mean, of course you want to whistle there. You want a chance to go to the line and get two free throws. And both those guys are great free throw shooters. I think both are shooting above 70%. Um, I think Reggie Bullock is actually a worse free throw shooter than Tobias Harris. And it just kind of upset me because that was a microcosm in the more grand problem of the Pistons not really having a leader. And Tobias Harris being the best offensive talent on the team, you've got to take that ball to the hole. The fact that he gave it up, and it's not like Reggie Bullock had an open lane to the hoop. There was one defender, Chris Dunn, was in the paint. And by passing it up, it just signaled that he's not a leader. He's not the guy who's going to go to the rack himself. And you know what? If, if Tobias Harris had the ball and he went to the rack, I think he would have had a better chance of getting that call than Reggie Bullock at that time. I don't disagree with that. I, I, I think, listen, here's the thing. We are, and I don't care what uh, Piston Twitter says, we, we miss Reggie Jackson so much uh, for those end-of-the-game moments because he's that's when he's comfortable. And when you lose that guy at the end of the game, I don't care how good Tobias has been this year. He's been phenomenal. To be fair to um, Reggie Bullock, he's been outstanding. But for what we thought we were getting from Reggie. But uh, at the end of the game... You know, that mentality, I don't, we don't have anybody on our team really with that mentality of Reggie Jackson isn't passing that. Well, I mean, in that, yeah, I mean, in, in that situation specifically, but even more so in like the minute or two minutes before that even happened, if, if Reggie Jackson was on the floor, he is going to dominate the offense. He is going to dictate the offense. It's his time. And he's shown time and again that he's been capable of closing games for the Pistons. And I think going forward, as this team starts to um, get more into the playoff playoff mode, get into playoff contention, they're right now in the sixth or seventh seed after yesterday's loss. But he's going to be really missed going forward. And unless guys like Tobias Harris can step up and have that killer mentality to close games, this team may either find themselves out of the playoffs come April, or they might find themselves an easy first round exit um, like in 15, 16. So this was a chance for Tobias Harris to really step up and be a leader. And I'm really disappointed that he didn't take that moment for himself. How do you see this piston thing? Uh, you know, we approach the trade deadline. How do you see this? There's a, I'm getting to a point here. Uh, I want to talk about Stanley Johnson a little bit uh, because, you know, his name's come up in, in some trade, uh, conversations, rumors, scuttlebutt. What do you see us doing as we approach the trade deadline while keeping in mind Reggie still has the second week of February, Valentine's Day-ish type return? I think the fact with uh, with Reggie Jackson, I think his injury is is quite severe. And I think coming back like, mid, like mid-February, Valentine's Day is a very aggressive timetable optimistic timetable yeah it's a very optimistic timetable and i'm not sure given the training staff's blunders um if that's really going to be something that is a possibility for the pistons but even if he does come back in like in early february his game is going to be completely changed i mean when you have an ankle or a knee injury your explosiveness kind of goes out the window 
And we've already seen a decline in Reggie Jackson's explosiveness in the past couple of years. So I'm afraid that when he comes back, I'm not sure he'll be the same player as he was before he got hurt or even before Do that. Do you see it being something similar to last year where he, he really was kind of, you know, I don't want to say lost, but you get what I'm trying to say there, where he comes back from this. Is this the same type of thing as the, the, you know, the, the procedure he went through last year and the recovery from that and not having the bounce, not being able to get downhill? Is that a, a similar situation with this, do you think? It could be. It's just hard to tell because we don't know where he is in the recovery process. And I think it's an aggressive timetable to bring him back so early. And the issue with that is you might be changing the way that he's playing and at that point, maybe it's better to deal for a point guard that can bridge you over to next season or bridge you into the playoffs. But the issue is that the Pistons have so many big contracts yeah. and they're really hard to move. Like John Luer's contract continues to be an albatross on our on our cap cap sheet. Um, nobody really wants to take him on. He's not he's not contributing this this season. Um, he hurt his ankle in, in on Halloween and he still isn't back. Um, and it turns out it's more of like a joint issue, which is a different story in itself. But with that in mind, I don't think teams are going to be willing to take a chance on him, even as a salary dump. And we don't really have that great of assets. Luke Kennard is our best asset. But no, you can't. I'm not sure I want to give him up for just a bridge point guard. Yeah. But then it comes to Stanley Johnson. And he, he like in terms of young players, he might be our second best young player and I don't even know how much value he really has. Like I know teams came calling last year and teams called about him this year and and whatnot, but unless somebody can take on John Lewis' contract or or Boban Marjanovic's uh contract, it it's gonna be tough for the Pistons to one remain competitive and still still be in a place cap wise where they're still positioned no, for I agree future with that. success. I tend to agree. I think Stanley the upside because of the defense and the physical attributes that he has, I think the upside will can always find somebody to potentially fall in love with him. Uh, but I, you know, Luke Kennard, stay put, don't t- you know, don't move him. And and I just I'm gonna I'm a no panic guy. I don't think you panic at this point. You know, you're 22 and 19, midway point. You've had injuries. Uh, you know, you 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 have to and and you know, the, let's not make it seem like the East is you know the end all be all as far as, you know, you, you can still run off five, six in a row once everybody gets healthy. And if, even if Reggie comes back end of February and we get, you know, 65, 70% of what we were getting from him before, you know, I still think it's a situation where we can be a playoff team. We can make a little noise. And, you know, when you have a guy playing as well as Andre Drummond is right now, uh, you know, you, you, you're going to have confidence. It just makes me nervous though, because if you look at, the teams in the Eastern Conference who at one point were kind of competing with Detroit for a playoff position. Like, look at Miami, and, and um, they are on a six-game win streak. Washington has won their last two. Milwaukee is still continues to be competitive. And I also hear that they are active on the trade deadline, or uh, on, on the trade market, and will probably make a move before the deadline to kind of push them into the top four seeds. Um, Indiana also scares me. Philly also is on the heels, and you know what? Don't count out New York. And if the Pistons continue to drop games like against Chicago and Orlando, these are these are season killers. And you have if you want to make that leap between a mediocre seven to ten seed team, you have to beat the Chicago's, the Brooklyn's, the Orlando's 
of the league, and they'll have a chance on Monday to beat a 16 and 25. And by Charlotte the way, team. if everybody follows you, we saw the uh, the uh, hot take from you yesterday about everyone needs to be ready for that hungry Pistons team. You you were a generic sports guy right there. I I applaud you for that, sir. That was I was and actually people people thought I was being sarcastic actually because I was being so generic. But no, it's true. I mean, this will be a a good game to see how the Pistons respond to adversity because they played well against Brooklyn. They come home and. Ha- or, sorry, they, they go to Chicago and have a stinker there. And then they have a couple days rest to kind of gear up for a Monday matchup against Charlotte, which is not is kind of underperforming. And the Pistons have every reason to be favored in that game. So we'll see. And if they lose, if they lose close or they get blown out, it's going to look bad on their resume. Not that the resume really matters, but going forward, it kind of does. Those type of games against teams you should beat, quote-unquote, should beat, uh, you know, a couple of them can probably not hurt you. Uh, eventually, you pile them up, and those type of things can be, you know, things that come April, you're going, oh, man, it, it really kills you. Uh, but I just, think, I, I just think perspective at the same time. We've dealt with some things. Um, you know, the Reggie injury really hurt us. Uh, and, and to be fair, we've always bounced back. When we've had a stinker. We bounced back this year. And, I, and I, that gives me confidence as well. You know, we, we see something. I don't think le- yesterday yesterday was was a stinker um, like some of the other games have been because, you know, Chicago shot. I mean, what did they end up shooting from three point? I mean, they, they did not miss from three point. And they took almost 43. Something correct? like close to 50%. Yeah, they just had no answer for the the big man pick and pop, and Miritich went off, and it it just makes you think about the adjustments that Stan Van Gundy makes um, going going through a game, and this is really a team that they should have beaten, and the fact that Tobias Harris just could not make baskets, he went like three for fourteen or something like that, zero for six from three, that's just not cutting it. You gotta gotta get consistent production from the guys at the top. Speaking of production, um, Avery Bradley had a had a good game. He scored a bunch of points, was pretty accurate from three uh, to start the game, and he turned the ball over four times again. This season, he is averaging more turnovers than he has in his entire career. His defense has really fallen off. He's never been his his defensive numbers have always has all have always been kind of wonky. His plus minus has always been kind of weird because you know he's a good defender. But I think this season we're seeing on the eye test how he's not maybe as great of a defender as advertised. And if you turn the ball over a lot, you're starting to become a negative on the offensive end, which is not really great in a contract year where you're kind of aiming for a max max deal from some teams. I think, especially the I think Avery Bradley uh, really uh, speaks towards – um, how good of a coach Brad Stevens is. You know, I think that system made him look a lot better than he is. Now, I'll say that with, I think Avery Bradley is a very good player. I think he's he's struggled at times uh, in this transition with the Pistons. But, um, you know, he, he, he just, he, when I think of Avery Bradley, I think of the thing that I've kind of been the most surprised about is, is he he's, always was kind of an efficient player and I'm, I'm just seeing a lot of inefficient shots and defense and things that I didn't truly expect I was going to see from him. You know, the, the long twos, I mean, 
some of the shot selection, I, I applaud at one point. Cause I'm like, if he's not taking the shots, who's going to take the shots? Um, especially with Reggie down, but some of the shot selection, you know, I mean, it, they love to say, and especially in today's NBA, the long two is the worst shot you can take in battle, the lowest percentage shot you can take in basketball. So um, some of those things have been surprising. And some of the, the defensive struggles have been surprising. You know, we came into the year, the narrative around A.B. Bradley always was, you know, he's as good of a wing defender as a wing defender can be. So it's been kind of surprising to me as far as, you know, that goes. Yeah, I mean, he's just been generally kind of disappointing. And he has, he's been hurt. So I'll give him that, like maybe the end of December, January struggles that he had. Um, but I would like to see him kind of step it up going forward, especially if this team is going to be a playoff contender. And by contender, I mean a winner of at least one playoff game, because um, that would be a success at this point. They haven't done that in nearly a decade. So, yeah, I would like to see him step up. I want to see Tobias Harris step up and take more of a, a lead role in the offense. I know that the offense is not built around Tobias Harris, but when he gets the ball, he needs to be aggressive and needs to look to score. And he needs to call for the ball in those clutch time situations. And he just needs to become more of a leader on this team. He's been inconsistent and he's kind of taken a backseat to Reggie Jackson and Andre Drummond, which maybe that's okay. But now that Reggie Jackson is gone. Yeah. You want to see some more leadership. You want to see aggressive, you know, more aggressive play from him. You want to see him calling for the ball. You need that at this point. The Pistons have to max Tobias Harris, get the max they can get out of Tobias Harris to be, you know, what we hope they will be at this point, especially with Reggie being down. Right. Okay, so uh, let's transition to the NFL. And, you know, I saw this story and I kind of wanted to talk about this. And I know we've kind of exhausted this topic uh, on Twitter, on social media, for sure. Uh, And that is the NFL television ratings being down 9.7% in the 2017 season. Uh, You know, they said the typical game was watched by 1.6 million fewer people this season as compared to last season. To be fair, there was an 8% slide last season uh, that they um, attributed to the uh, shit show of the election last year. I know you had some things to to, to say about this. Uh, I feel like the the conversation, you know, on the kneeling and all that stuff, we've we've kind of exhausted that. I, I think it's very clear as to why the ratings are down. And the first is that... Um, they have a lot of ads and they have a lot of commercials and they go to commercial break after every single stoppage. You know, the game starts with a commercial before the kickoff. Then the ball is kicked. Let's say it's a touchback commercial. First drive goes and any timeout or, or stoppage in play, if there's an injury, there's a commercial. So then, of course, you're going to wonder why you're losing fans because no one's, no fans are really going to feel obligated to stick around, especially if it's not their team, and especially if the product in the field is kind of bad. I mean, the, the games have been pretty pretty boring for the most part. Um, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel like the games have been more That's boring been the, than the years past. Smack me in the face with this whole thing from the jump. That's the bottom line to me. The, the product has been filth for the majority of the time. I mean, teams are throwing five yards, and they're scared to throw anything downfield and the product is just overall is not as good as it's been in the past. And I, and I think that's the the main reason for the ratings decline at this point. I mean, I, I, you know, 
product's good, people are going to watch it. Product's bad, less people are going to watch it. It's just common sense. Right. And then also I think the whole injuries nonsense is the whole concussions and all the injuries that are occurring more frequently now than they have in, uh, than they have before. That also kind of turns away parents. That turns away um, parents with kids. That turns away. That turns me away a little bit because some of the disturbing things that we see, like Tom Savage getting hit and having a seizure on the on the ground and then being put in the game, maybe two or three plays after that, it's just it's disturbing. And I'm not sure if. If I had kids, I'm not sure if I'd want my kids watching that. And I don't want my kids to play football. I played football in high school, and I don't want my kids to play football and endure the kind of beating that that I took on when I was playing. And I can only imagine how many people in the NFL have CTE uh, from this long-term damage. I think, uh, I mean, first off, you know, you took away the magic that is Aaron Rodgers for seven or eight weeks. And, you know, I, I don't want to watch product. that's not, I don't want to watch, you know, Brett Huntley throw, you know, ducks down. I don't, I don't have any interest in doing it. No, I don't, I don't, I don't want to watch Case Keenum. And that's fair to, to be fair to Case Keenum. In the to be fair thing? to Case Keenum. He's been very efficient there this year. Blake Bortles. Uh, hats off to Case Keenum. I do not want to watch Blake Bortles play. I, I don't, I don't want to do that. I have, I have, I have no intention of watching Blake Bortles, uh, throw three yard uh, passes or Tyrod Taylor throw, you know, uh, two yard screens and be terrified of anything beyond five yards. I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm good. I don't, I don't have any interest in, in watching that. So I, you know, I think that is the thing that, you know, and people can mask it as other things and try to, you know, use other examples and, and, but that's the bottom line is the product just hasn't been as good. And I think the NFL does a really bad job of marketing their stars. Um, you know, if you think about it, who are the stars in the NFL and how recognizable are they outside of the NFL? You know, if you look at the NBA, you know, I, I feel like more people know who Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. Those are people that the NBA does a great job of just marketing and their faces are always out there and they have become the faces of the NBA. And that's why I'm thinking going forward, I think more people are going to start playing basketball. The NBA is going to get more and more popular, especially because there's less break in, breaks in action. There's constantly good competition and there's so many good teams. I know the super teams are there or whatever, but there is a lot of competitive, like there's, there's a lot of competition going on, even at the lower levels, like Detroit and Chicago. How many, how many people, would tune in to the equivalent of Detroit, Chicago in the NFL, like the, whatever, like the Titans and the, uh, and the Texans, like who would turn in, tune into that as the common. Yeah. I think after you take away the super teams in the NBA and the, the, the few, very few elite teams, I think there's tons of parody. I think the league, the NBA is run much better than the NFL in general. Uh, but you know, I think that's definitely, you know, you love to say the buy stock in the NBA thing. I think that absolutely you know, is something that, that, that plays into this whole thing, no question. Yeah, and also I think in terms of social issues, the NBA does a great job of allowing its players to have their own voice. You know, whether it's the whole Black Lives Matter movement or even something as nominal as, like, allowing them to choose whatever shoes they want. The NFL, like, has specific days where they're, where these players are allowed to wear their own shoes, but for the most part... They have to wear the league mandated whatever Nike shoes, like the same what as, as as everybody else. They can't really express their individuality. But in basketball, Kyrie Irving is a great example. He has 
some pretty pretty interesting color colorways and interesting shoes that don't necessarily match the Celtics, but it still expresses his own individuality um, for what it is. And so I just feel like the NBA is is a more modern more modern league. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I also wanted to touch uh, and agree with you on the aspect of if I had kids, I'm, you know, everyone who follows me on social media knows basketball is the end all be all to me. Um, Football is not in the same, you know, at the same level that basketball. So yeah, I would push my kids definitely toward basketball. I I don't think football is something I'd encourage at this point, you know, uh, but that actually brings me to a, an, a, another interesting topic I wanted to touch on. And that it was something I was thinking about when I was driving the other day. Um, and that is, you know, if you had kids, we, neither one of us has kids, but if you had kids, uh, which sports athlete would you want to babysit your kids? And I, I, I automatically, when I thought of this, I thought, um, the names that came to my head were names that I did I, of guys I didn't I wouldn't want <laughs> babysitting my kids. You know, I, uh, Gilbert Arenas. I don't want Gilbert Arenas to uh, babysit my kids. Uh, I don't want Lance Stevenson uh, to babysit my kids. Oh, contraire! I want him to uh, to babysit my kids. It'd be so much fun. I don't want Carl Malone to babysit my kids. Mailman. I don't want Dennis Rodman. To babysit my kids. Uh, the person that I really, uh, you know, I was thinking, who would I want to babysit my kids of, of sports athletes? The first name I honestly came to was I, everyone. This is probably what everyone thinks. Tim Duncan, obviously, first. I think Tim Duncan, <laughs> I think that would be tremendous. Uh, I, I also came, I thought of a wild card. I thought Tim Duncan, LeBron James, uh, Grant Hill was a guy that came to my name or to my mind, you know, uh, quickly. I kind of thought of a, a left field one that I thought would be a good would be a good name is is Kawhi Leonard. I don't know that they talk much, but I think that that w- I'd feel safe with Kawhi with my kids. It's all about defense. But on the topic of people, I wouldn't want to um, babysit my kids. It made me think of hated athletes, and I've kind of noticed something as well uh, along the lines of hated athletes. Uh, you know, people don't really like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and I'm sure you will. People don't like Chris Paul all of a sudden, and I and I'm confused. I think no, you're you're right, and I think a lot of NBA players. Do we do we need to do we need do we need to do the hot? Is this do I need to hit the sounder for the hot takes here? Um, yeah, give it to me. Now it's time for the Sham God to give you that real hot take. So, I think it's very clear that. A lot of players just don't want to play with Chris Paul. And I think we saw that with him yelling at DeAndre Jordan when he was on the Clippers. Um, And now we are seeing it. There was an instance where I think P.J. Tucker on the Rockets was taking the ball out and Chris Paul was like yelling at him or something. And P.J. Tucker just shoved him out of the way. And I, I think that's just a small example of what it's like to play with Chris Paul. Um, and I was asked, so I was on the Super Flight pod with Joe Borelli, and he asked me a very interesting question, and it was um, something along the lines of, um, is Chris Paul the next Dwight Howard? Where no one likes him, he can't really take it to the next next level, um, he can't really win a championship on his own, 
and he hasn't thus far. He's been pretty much a disappointment to this um, in terms of championship um, you know, aspirations. So the question is, is Chris Paul the next Dwight Howard? And I also want to get your, your take on this uh, after I give my sizzling one. Um, do I get the sizzle sound underneath it, or is that just a... I didn't... No. Do I get No, to, that's mine. That's okay. mine only. Okay, 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 okay. So, is Chris Paul the next Dwight Howard? No. And here's the reason why. Dwight Howard has had a better career than Chris Paul, and it would be doing, Chris, it would be doing Dwight Howard a disservice to compare the two. Dwight Howard, Defensive Player of the Year, one of the best rim protectors, one of the best interior defenders this league has seen. He's been to the finals. And I feel like he's had more gravity with his team in Orlando than Chris Paul has had with any team that he's been on. Let that take marinate for a second. You just said Dwight Howard overall as a career has been, in essence, a more of a winner than Chris Paul has. That's right. Uh, here's the thing about Chris Paul. Um, uh, in my own personal record book, I don't know that Chris Paul falls under the D- Dwight Howard is a unique situation for me because a center and we're in a, we're in the NBA now. We're in an, a time in the NBA where you know centers are not your your best. You're, we're not in the, the days of Shaq where you could just pump it into the guy inside and he's going to carry your entire team. So I think Dwight Howard in Orlando uh, kind of maxed out what he could be as far as where he could take his team. And they got to the finals. Uh, Chris Paul, you know, I, I look at Carmelo all the time and I go, you know, Carmelo is great in the Olympics and he's not as great when he's the solo ball handler and he's the guy that sits on the left block and catches it and clears out and stops the ball movement. And I don't know that I, I look at Chris Paul like that. I think Chris Paul is a guy that's done a lot of winning in his career. I think that Chris Paul's obviously one of the best point guards ever. But I don't think Chris Paul's ever had a better team than David West and Tyson Chandler. I don't think that he's ever – that Clipper team, the, the, those two bigs with the Clippers were not bet, combined better than than the New Orleans bigs, in my opinion. I, I don't I don't think that. And so I think, um, to be fair to him as well, this year he's had some injuries, but you know Houston is rocking and rolling. And Houston really, since James Harden has went down, sure, they've taken a little step down because Harden is incredible, but – uh, you know, he's Chris Paul has been playing very well. He's taken a lot of shots, a lot of shots. But, you know, I think uh, he, he's, you know, stayed the course. And I mean, both are going to be Hall of Famers. But Chris Paul, like, what have you done for me lately? You joined a team that was good without you, um, would, would probably threaten the Warriors without your presence. And I just feel like Dwight Howard has never really been on that great of a team. You know, he and since he left Orlando, he joined that Lakers team, which already was on its decline. Um, then he joined that Rockets team, which are which wasn't wasn't great. And he joined that Hawks team that was kind of gutted after that. And then now he's on this Hornets team that's not very good either. So I think or I think the cast that Dwight Howard took to the finals in Orlando is a worse team than the Chris Paul Clippers. And he took that team to the finals. Behind three defensive player of the year um, uh, awards. Uh, I'm trying to remember who was on that Orlando team. That was 2010, right? Jameer Nelson, but Jameer was hurt in that series. That was a uh, skip to my Lou was the point guard there. They'll both be Hall of Famers, but if I had to choose one to have 
to to not make the Hall of Fame, it's gonna be Chris Paul. Your podcast hates us because they ain't us. All right, so uh, how we're gonna end every show, and and um, you know, we applaud everyone for kind of hanging out with us and 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 going through this process of, you know, this might be crap, and hopefully you enjoy it, and we'll try to get better every week. Uh, but we're gonna end every show with a with a segment called Ask Sham. This is where you can hit him on social media with questions at sham sham god correct on twitter yep follow him and you can send him questions so we've got some random questions this is going to be real rapid fire i need quick answers i don't want you know i don't want long-winded answers uh and be super hot takey so here we go you ready i'm locked and ready to go it's time for ask sham uh question number one should the guy who said Coolio's Gangster's Paradise was gangsters with an ERS paradise, should he have been punished by Alex Trebek like he was? Gangsters Paradise is the name of the song, not Gangsters Paradise. He should have been punished. In fact, he should have been kicked off the show with that nonsense. He knows the song, he just chose to make it white. Big Baller Brand or Better Business Bureau? Who, what is the Better Business Bureau nowadays? Who cares about the ratings? Obviously, Big Baller Brand is a national no it's an international brand now the better business bureau not international give me bbb is lonzo ball going to have a good career he's gonna have a bad career and i'll tell you why he cannot shoot the ball and i feel like going forward you need to be able to shoot the ball to have a great career in this league at the point guard position uh, real quick, your stats guy, can you give me quickly Lonzo Ball's free throw shooting versus Andre Drummond's free throw shooting real quickly, please? Oh, shit. <laughs> All right. Lonzo Ball, make a free throw. If you make millions, make free throws. And right now, Andre Drummond is shooting nearly 20% better than you. Be better, be bigger, and be a baller. Oregon changed their law recently that allowed people to pump gas, and Oregonians went nuts. I'm sure you saw the story. Uh, get over yourself. Do the Oregonians have a point? Get over yourself. And what I mean when I say get over yourself is who really lives in Oregon? So do they really need gas? They could probably walk everywhere. Don't they have trails there? Isn't that how the game was made? Oregon Trail? Yeah, it's just it's Portland in Oregon. And then who else lives there? That's it. It's just everybody's in Portland. So do you really need gas? You can walk everywhere in Portland. And yeah, get over yourself. Just fill your own gas. Everybody, in, everybody else in the nation, except for New Jersey, does it so why can't you be better oregon uh the charmin bear commercials how do i don't even know how to describe this uh it's interesting uh gross or not completely disgusting and if you're if you're unfamiliar with it the charmin bear commercials is that little red bear who like takes the toilet roll off of the trees and uses it like in the woods whatever disgusting because this bear leaves bits and pieces of inferior toilet paper on its ass. And it's just walking around with bits and pieces of toilet paper on their ass. And, and even, even if you're using non-Charmin toilet paper, at least have the wherewithal to clean your ass correctly. No matter how many pieces it takes, don't leave remnants in your ass. So completely disgusting. I'm actually going to boycott Charmin from now on. I'm all about uh, Bounty. No, not Bounty. What's the name of the... Uh, Angel Soft. I'm all about Angel Soft. Yep, they're a sponsor now. For free. Angel Soft. Two, two gods and a goose sponsored by Angel Soft. The NBA dunk contest. Is it back? How do we bring it back if it's not back? Uh, it's back, and actually, it's better than it ever was. 
the dunks that we're seeing now at, at the dunk contest are way more creative, way more fun than back in the day when you had Spud Webb or Michael Jordan. It's way better now. People are clamoring for people like, you know, LeBron James or some of the best players in the NBA to perform in it. No. I want the guy who all he does and all he knows is dunking. I want that guy to be in a contest. And I love it the way it is right now. And I think it's back. And I'm all about Andre Drummond never doing that ever again. Because that was an embarrassment. 2017-18 national champions, Alabama or the actual national championships, uh, the actual national champions, UCF? I thought about this question for a while um, when I got the show sheet. And do not disrespect the state of Florida. Do not. Roll Tide! The 2017 national champions are Alabama. Put their resumes next to each other. Who has UCF really played? They play in the American Conference. Their best their best win comes over a 10-2, Auburn team. Uh, they beat Memphis twice. Alabama, although they've lost more games, they <laughs> went through the ringer in the playoffs. They beat Clemson. They beat Georgia. They deserve it. Roll Tide. Reminder, UCF uh, beat Auburn that beat Alabama and Georgia. I don't care. How do you think the Philadelphia Flyers did at the 2018 World Juniors? What? The Flyers? Um, you know, I think it's time that hockey makes its return. It's a very interesting sport. I, I went ice skating for the first time a couple weeks ago, and it's difficult. And the fact that these players are out there hitting each other, using sticks, using pucks, using nets, um, and it's all on ice is incredible to me. And they probably did great at the 2018 World Juniors. When John Luer returns, uh, where do you play him? Okay, so you play John Luer um, at the at the furthest you can from the starting lineup, and for uh, just the, the very end of the bench. In fact, don't even put him on the bench. Put a little, just make him sit on the floor, um, right next to Luis Montero, wherever the two-way guy is. Have him sit on the floor next to him. Don't play him. In fact, if you want to play him, play him in Sacramento. Get get some second rounder for it for him. 10 million to do nothing. Completely ridiculous. Worst signing in the history of Detroit basketball. Reminder, we signed Josh Smith. Uh, Fat Kid Deals. Do you use it or don't care? Fat Kid Deals is probably the best thing to have in the Twitter since my presence. I use them. Although they did they did scam me once. I'll forgive them. But I use it. I abuse it. All right. Uh, that is Ask Sham, of course. Uh, send him your questions at ShamShamGod on Twitter. Uh, I'm sure the questions will be fantastic after hearing uh, this first episode of Two Gods and a Goose. Salute to everyone uh, on social media that supports us. Pistons Twitter, uh, USC Twitter, Falcons Twitter. Hopefully Falcons Twitter didn't get mad at me for the uh, rant at the beginning of the show. So if you have any suggestions for the show, uh, hit either one of us on social media. And do you have anything to add, Sham? Is that that we're done? You're good? No, you've covered it, yeah. We're good. Shout out to everybody. Thank you for listening.